Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. If it's your first time listening, thank you guys for being here, just in general, and I'm hopefully it was easy to find the podcast. But on this podcast, we talk about video game, movie news, and what we played or watched over the past week. My name is Barry, one of the co-hosts with my other co-host here. My name is Craig, still here, still kicking, slightly less hot. And no storms. Yes. So I think I think there's a Don't chance that us. we I need yeah, to find wood there's... to knock on. Here we go. There <laughs> I we think go. there's a chance that we might just be fine here. Yeah, I hope so. Last week was a was a little rough. I absolutely agree, and I can only hope that we get maybe a bit of luck here and that it's yeah. not so bad. That's true. But we'll as usual, we're gonna start off the podcast with news. And I guess I'll get one of the first big ones out of the way, and it's the fact that Nintendo has announced that there's no plan for launching another model Switch at this time. (laughs) After everybody was so angry at the Switch OLED announcement, they've just decided to double down and go, nah, you guys aren't getting anything. Be happy with what you get. It's kind of like someone telling, or or like an adult telling a kid, if you don't like it, then we don't care. Like, you're going to get what you get. I feel like that's what they're trying to say. I still don't believe them, though. Like, they have to be working on something. Um, Nintendo, I feel like they're always working on something so that when, not that the Switch sales are dipping, but in the past, like, once sales start to either even off or go down a little bit, they'll come out with some other new version. They did it with the Wii. They did it with the DS. I could see them just waiting a little bit and being like, all right, now's the time. But, yeah, uh, exactly. I, Man, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how the Switch OLED does, honestly. Because I yeah, don't think I, it's going to... Well, who am I kidding? It's going to sell out. Let's be honest. Yeah, and as far as I know as well, uh, I had a buddy I had a buddy of mine pre-order them. Like, his local GameStop was only getting four okay. of the OLED model. So it's it's kind of like, well, if, if, if Nintendo really thought this was going to sell off the charts, they probably would have prepared a couple more units per store. Mm-hmm. But who knows how many... Uh, who knows, like, what other stores are getting and stuff. But... You know, if it seems at this point, uh, you're going to be lucky if you ended up being able to pre-order it at all. So, just like every other console right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, kind of tacking onto that a little bit. Do you want? Do you want to do the uh, Steam Deck? Yeah, we should probably <laughs> do the Steam Deck. So, I mean, I guess get out of the way here. Valve announced their. Do we call it a console? I think it's more of a portable PC at this point. Um called the steam deck you're going to be able to access your steam library kind of um it is running on like a linux based software so it may limit as far as what games um you're actually going to be able to play through it i think the biggest drawback for me because i was kind of interested the biggest drawback was the the hard drive space on this thing is tiny and when you think about like somebody had a graphic up of like three games the one was like borderlands and that one was like 80 gigs and the base model steam deck is what 64 gigs yeah so you you can't even put it on there (laughs) yeah there are other models where you'll be able to download like or you'll where there's larger storage capacity and faster ssds and that kind of thing right so no worries if you're looking to be someone who's going to load their entire steam library well you probably can't even load your entire steam library just to be completely yeah probably not but you know, this is the the whole joke on the internet was uh, Valve released the you know Switch Pro that mm-hmm. Nintendo didn't. So, you know, looking at it that way, uh, good for Valve. You know, like they've had some like the Steam controller didn't do very well. Nope. The Steam Link also was something that they tried to do. Yep. People have been begging to be able to play their PC games on the go for a while now, so. You know, I'm happy for anybody that, you know, gets this chance here. But I, I, I don't know. I wonder why the joysticks are so high. Mm-hmm. I hope that the dual like mouse pad sensitivity things on either side like react well, because if they don't, you're not going to be able to play any games. Right. Just in general. But yeah, we Steam does not have the best track record with physical things. So I will be cautiously optimistic about it. I don't think it's going to do well after the first initial wave of people buying it. Um, But I really like the idea. I really do. And I think you can still like you can plug a keyboard and mouse into it, I believe. Right. 
I think that's uh, what yes. they said. Yeah. So you could still use it as like your kind of like the switch, have your dock on your desk and just go that way if you really want to. But it's not something that I'm going to personally buy. I don't really see the need for it. Um, but, you know, I'm sure there'll be a, a decent amount of people, at least at the beginning, who will be waiting to get this thing. Yeah, and when it comes to more news about gaming, we have Netflix announcing <laughs> that they're going to be partnering with various game developers and some hints toward uh, partnering with Sony in order to be able to stream games via Netflix. Now, I guess at, at the time when it was first announced, I was kind of like, why? Like, yeah. why does everybody have to try this? But I guess if anybody is capable of doing streaming video gaming and maybe doing it well, it would probably be Netflix considering how long they've been in the streaming game for. Yeah. Yeah, originally I said the same thing as you. I was like, I don't see the need for this. As long as you can use your controllers, um, you know, like either an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller, I think we'll be okay. Um, and they also did say that it's not supposed to change the price of Netflix at all. So kind of feels like a no brainer at that point that, you know, how many people don't have Netflix at this point? I think pretty much everybody has Netflix. I'll definitely at least try it regardless of what it may yeah. be. If it's, I would assume it would just be like, here's to begin with maybe 20 or 30 games that you can play with whatever developers get on board with this. But you would think they would eventually want their own Netflix exclusive games. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm just not exactly sure how you're going to hook up to play this, right? Because like, I don't know, are they going to have like some sort of something you can buy in order to connect things or what they're thinking at this point? Yeah, you're right. The logistics of it are pretty kind of wild there. Right. And I think for a lot of people with Netflix and uh, a lot of people who game, you know, Netflix has been constantly raising the price of their subscription every year mm -hmm. because, you know, more content's been coming and they're doing more of this and more of that. This is a better way to maybe get people to, you know, okay, the upgraded ultra netflix version ha or you know payment method has gaming which you know, we it, getting into the specifics will be a little harder because pairing a controller you have to like pair it directly to the tv mm -hmm. uh, or you have to yeah have a device that allows you to be able to pair it so it it's going to be a little bit messy but i guess if anybody can do it it's netflix yeah i just envision like a stadia type thing and I don't think this is something that Netflix is going to try and then give up on six months down the road, but I don't know how many people two years from now are going to be using it. We'll see. A uh, small piece of news I found was the James Bond game that you are so excited for. Yes, um, yes, James Bond. Looks like it may be third person, which I think that kind of makes sense, right? Because we're looking at the Hitman developers. Yep. Um, so I guess that makes sense. I guess I may in my deep down, I think I was like, oh, I was kind of hoping for another GoldenEye first person, but I'm OK with third person, honestly. Yeah, I I'm kind of just whatever they decide to do with it, I'm going to be happy about, I guess. Yeah, I'm just going to hold all like my hype and opinions for when the game actually releases. I think that there's a good chance that, you know, the developer of I think it's. I IOI or 101 I've, I forget well I know it's one of the two but mm -hmm. regardless the they've done a really good job with the Hitman series at least I think they have so far and I th think if they're just going to do a James Bond it's just going to be even more fun I I hope the James Bond game is more mission based rather than like this open world sandbox type thing yeah I miss the old James Bond games and I specifically remember a 360 game where you know you're playing as james bond you're driving your car in italy and you know explosions are going off it was like a movie in a lot of ways it, it, it kind of reminds me of like uncharted in a way yeah. where some of the old james bond games i just hope they go back to that they don't need to i guess if you wanted to you can make it a whole thing but like hitman's whole creativity is how he you know can use anything to get uh, to kill the target or blend in anywhere. James Bond doesn't really do that. That's not some. That's not in his repertoire. Yeah, I definitely don't want it to be like Hitman. I Hitman's okay, but it wasn't like my favorite thing in the world. So I definitely want more Q 
give me more linear action oriented things and I will be there a hundred percent. So yeah, you know, we have to be happy, have to be happy with that. And I'm mm-hmm. going to continue to just hold, hold on hope that this game is going to actually be <laughs> just good. like the movie exactly. that it'll come out one day. <laughs> when it's supposed to come out this, I'm ready this winter. We're going to get it. I am positive that we are going to be able to get it. <laughs> You'll be there day one IMAX ready to go. Yeah, pretty much that. That yep. pretty much will be me. Yep. If you didn't already know, the next uh, story is going to be related to Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. And if you're one of the few people who have like your amiibo, I guess you're extremely lucky. But Nintendo did not see these unforeseen shipping delays is what they're calling it. And multi- and the amiibo was supposed to be out when the game came out on Friday but as of right now, I don't know of any retailer that has the Skyward Sword Amiibo out and, you know, ready to sell, which, you know, this this was a sought after Amiibo anyway, due to the ability that's exclusive to that Amiibo. Again, Nintendo, kind of a stupid idea, but regardless, it the this Amiibo just becomes more and more, you know, rare now, especially if these shipping delays never kind of bring that amiibo back in. So best of luck to anybody who's looking to get one just because it looks like it's going to be hard. Yeah, normally it wouldn't be a big deal because you'd be like, all right, cool. You just have to wait for your amiibo. But the fact that they tied such a big gaming mechanic to the amiibo and it's not there day one for everybody is kind of funny. And it seems kind of fitting for them tying it to an amiibo that is just not available. So I'm sure they got a lot of angry emails and Twitter messages that got DM'd like crazy. Yeah, I just hope that the people who like pre-ordered it don't like they don't just like get nothing. Like, I hope yeah. they still get their Amiibos, of course. Yeah. Um, so the last piece of news I got is actually movie related here, but we've all been kind of waiting on the John Wick TV series that was they've been working on for a while now. Um, and they just said that instead of it being a TV series, it's now going to be a three episode miniseries, about 90 minutes a piece. So not quite what I was envisioning, but I will take as much John Wick as you can give me. If you're going to give me three 90 minute miniseries and then they're also working on the next movie, I'm fine with that. No complaints. Yeah. And then the final news story I have for me is Gundam Mobile Suit is going to be bringing out a new game that is very along the lines of Overwatch. There are some leaked trailers going out there, but each individual Gundam has its kind of own special use, kind of like how Overwatch heroes do. And, you know, for the most part, uh, I really liked Gundam when I was a kid. It's kind of more less popular now for sure. Like the, the anime I know was huge early on, but I know that it's it's definitely not as big now, but... You know, it just seems like Gundam is grasping at uh, straws here, trying to become more relevant. And I guess in a way, channeling some Overwatch for their game isn't bad, but I'm just not sure it's the best direction to take your series. But, you know, it's the Gundam games have always been just like these 3D battle arena things. And, you know, if you put more story in it, maybe more people would buy it. But the game's as far as I've seen, never look anything special or something I want to do. So that's. Yeah, I remember quite a few of them in the PS3 360 era. I remember seeing a lot of Gundam games and I remember them always being not that great. I don't really remember any from last gen that I can think of off the top of my head, at least not over here in the States. I don't, it's probably more popular elsewhere anyway, I would think. Yeah, and I think you're right. I just know that these games haven't sold well in general. And okay. a lot of the times you want your game to do well internationally. Which, yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. For the, for the specific time is not, not is, it is overwatch. I know like Valorant's out there, but like is overwatch still, I know it's popular, but like as popular as it was, like, I don't even consider it like a top tier, like shooter anymore. Yeah. You know, I really don't know how overwatch is doing. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you have, you kind of, I feel like you either fall into two groups. You're either the person that constantly plays the multiplayer uh, games like Call of Duty multiplayer um, and 
Overwatch multiplayer, and then you have the other type of people that have fallen into, okay, I really only play Warzone or Apex Legends right. or Fortnite. So I think that's where we're going to find the difference between all of that is I feel like maybe the people who are only playing like the vanilla multiplayer in games probably play Overwatch more. And of course, as always, if you have a bunch of dedicated you know friends that want to play the game, you're going to be pretty good there and you'll probably end up still playing the game for a little while longer. Yeah, it's definitely not a game that I will have any interest in playing, but I also never really had a love for Gundam. So and I wasn't a fan of Overwatch. Yeah. So now we're going to go ahead and go into the games we played for this week, which I've caught up a decent amount. So, you know, I'm happy here. Okay, I've got a couple games to talk about. And first off, I think we should talk about, I think, uh, Mario Golf Super. Yeah. Super Rush. Give me those thoughts. So Mario Golf is it's kind of like a nostalgia trip for me in a way because I loved playing the GameCube game so much. And, you know, take that with what you will, because, you know, I had a lot of fond memories about this game and this game acts a lot in the same ways. I like the fact that, you know, you each of the Mario characters has their own specific skill. You know, you've got. You know, Mario's his own kind of golfer. You've got King Bahamas his own golfer, Peach, Daisy. Like they all have special characteristics to them that make them unique and can suit your play style in a lot of ways. And of course, if you even don't like that, you could upgrade your own me character and get them to play like specifically how you want. The gameplay itself, you know, if you're not into golf, I don't know if this is going to be something where you go, oh, yeah, I want this, you know this isn't going to change your mind about golf. You're either going to, I think you either like it or don't. Yeah. The one mode that I definitely like is the the kind of the rush mode where everybody's going at once and it's a race to get into the hole first and in the least amount of strokes. And I think that may be the only type of game that appeals to like newcomers when it comes to golf. But the vanilla golf game is definitely, uh, I don't know. I guess it's sort of lacking. Maybe maybe I expected a little bit more from the from each of the characters kind of own special abilities. And I know the story and the story mode is also pretty lackluster as well, where it's do this objective, get your point better, do this objective, spend another point. It, it's pretty linear, but the the gameplay, I think, and the characters itself, I think is pretty well. But again, if you're just not into golf, this isn't going to be something that makes you suddenly love it. Yeah, I think now that I've played a decent, well, more than a decent amount of it, I've played a lot of it now. Um, I actually find that I prefer playing it the like vanilla way of golf where I take my shot and then I get to watch my shot and then take another shot. Um, the, the act of like shooting and then running to the ball and then hitting it again was like tedious to me, especially when you're playing the adventure mode. Um, because obviously until you upgrade your character, like you're running out of stamina fast, it just feels like it takes a while to get there. Um, so I actually prefer the original style other than like the rush mode, but I think I'm in the minority there. I, but I do feel like it's a game that six months from now is going to have probably everything in it that it should have had at launch. And it's going to feel a lot better. It just feels very like we're going to get this out there and then here's the stuff to tide you over for now, but we're going to add courses and new modes or whatever down the line, which I'm sure they will. But at its core, I think it's a good game. Yeah, I, I did. We, I didn't also mention the lack of courses that there are, you know, there's not many to play in all honesty, and hopefully as we continue to go along here, the game will continue to get better. I did try the motion controls out a decent amount. They work fine. Okay. I've got no problem with them. I really don't think they add a spectacular amount of anything to the game, and I myself golf in real life, and I do prefer, you know, um, golfing in real life just because it is a little bit more fun and technical. Mm -hmm. But the, the motion controls there, they work fine, and you can definitely... You could definitely make a night out of playing motion control golf. Like I definitely see where there's fun to be had with it. Uh, it's just that the classic Mario controls with, you know, AA for top spin, AB backspin kind of thing is still always something that's going to appeal to me only. And that's probably because 
this is an experience, you know, meant to be taken on the go as well. You know, you're not going to be putting this game in tabletop mode and trying to swing your golf club on this little tiny 6.2 inch screen. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's that's why the the fluidity of the controls uh, and the and the button scheme works as well as it does. Yeah, it's been a great like, oh, I'll play nine holes before I go to bed while I'm laying in bed type game for me. Like, I enjoy that. That's what the switch, I think, is built for. And it just works well. Exactly. Yeah. I don't I know if it. it'll end up in my top 10 for the year. We'll see. But it's been fun. I haven't like regretted my purchase. Yeah. Neither have I. Uh, let's see. Let's go. I'm going to go with Final Fantasy 7. Uh, what's the full title? Integrate? Is it Final, integrate? Fi- fi- Final Fantasy 7 remake. remake, Integrate, Intermission, Integrate. <laughs> intermission, Integrate. Yep, uh, the Yuffie DLC. That's what we should just call it. That is what we should call it. I would agree. <laughs> um, I have not beaten it, so I can't give a full impression. But I will say this. As somebody who played Final Fantasy VII Remake on my base vanilla PS4 when it came out, the first thing that I noticed playing it on a PS5 now was, holy cow, it looks so much better. And yeah. like I thought it looked good before. And it did on my base PS4. But man, it's just another level of difference there when you are on a PS5 now. Um, immediately remembered why we were so high on it last year, because I haven't played it since then. It took me about five minutes of playing the the combat system again, being like, man, I missed this. Um, yeah. <laughs> such a good game. I don't know if I'm going to want to play through it again, like the whole game. We'll see. There's too many other games right now. But so far, like, She's always been one of my favorite characters in Final Fantasy VII. It was her and, and Red Thirteen were my two favorites. So getting to play as her is nice. I think she, her battle style is really cool. Um, it's very fast, which is you know pretty cool. You can almost keep enemies at bay where they can't hit you, which yeah. is which is yep. nice. It almost feels like a uh, like a stripped down Devil May Cry at some points when you're playing it instead of an action RPG. I can see that. Yeah. But so far, I really like it. I'm excited to play through the rest of it now that I'm done with Returnal and got that out of the way. Um, so 10 out of 10 for me so far, unless the ending is just completely botched. This will probably end up. Can you put DLC on a top 10? I, I guess you can, right? I think in this particular case, you could. Right. We'll see. I'll have to wrestle with that idea. But it's going to be if it does end up on there, it's probably going to end up pretty high. Did you <laughs> did you finish it or not? No, I haven't. Okay. I've I got back home and I started playing all the Switch games and yeah. uh the next game I'm going to talk about is Scarlet Nexus. Okay, cool. So Me too. Let's do I've it. been I've been very high on Scarlet Nexus uh ever since it got announced. I definitely it's definitely my type of game. Everything literally says Barry like you need to be playing this game. And so far I like it. The mm-hmm. combat is a lot of fun. Like combat is definitely kind of the the highlight of it. A cut, and that's primarily what's been keeping me going is the combat. It, early in the game, you get introduced to a part of the world that's kind of like this open world area where you get to explore the area you're in, talk to people, have conversations that don't matter. Mm-hmm. But in typical anime fashion, there is a lot of talking between the, the, the parts of combat where it's a lot of fun. So if you're not invested in these characters and invested in the story quickly might i might i add you're going to find that you you're going to be sitting around just looking at the screen watching a conversation happen for minutes and minutes and minutes sometimes and the game kind of starts like that so if you're not prepared for it or into it you're going to probably get turned off by the game pretty quickly but in typical you know anime game fashion i don't mind it and i like the game the story is interesting so far and the combat again is a lot of fun so i'm playing i forget her name but i'm playing as the female and you're playing as what's his name do you remember uh yukito okay and i don't remember the girl's name but i think it's a running theme for me this week because i was i've been playing this switching between this I played Zelda today and then I also started playing Chris Tales. Um, And it's the running theme with me that like how important it is for a game to grab my attention right away or else I like don't immediately turn it off, but I get kind of angry at the game. And 
there is just there's so much talking in Scarlet Nexus. And I feel like when they first announced this game, I was like, oh, this looks like like a Devil May Cry anime style, which I can get down with, not realizing that it it's what an action RPG at the, at its core, pretty much. Um, but there's so much talking. And at least on from what I'm seeing with my having picked a different story, I don't know how different it is, but um, it's just like I don't care <laughs> with yeah. a lot of it. like the yeah. main stuff I think is cool. The main story is cool. But I'm like, oh, my God, all this talking between people that don't matter. I just want to get to the next fight. And especially at the beginning, it's like you do your training and then you're going to get talking for 15 minutes and then you do one battle and then it's talking for 10 minutes. And like I just that makes me turn off a game so quick and yeah. like i'm giving this more leeway than i normally would because i like the combat so hopefully it opens up more and i can do more soon or else i don't know if i'm going to continue with it i know you will so at least one of us will finish the game <laughs> yeah i'm i i will say that i expect this game to go in typical anime fashion where stuff just gets super duper you know haywire and all yeah. over the place and, you know, the story, the story so far is interesting. But, yeah, I can see where people, you know, don't like this game as much. And all I can really hope for is that, you know, technically on Metacritic, the game is reviewing fairly well. So I'm just hoping people give the game a chance like you did. Uh, it's yeah. for Xbox to come out and kind of promote an anime game as as much as they did with Scarlet Nexus, I think, is takes a lot of them because they know traditionally these games sell a lot better on PlayStation. Yeah. It's so. important that they are, they are pushing this type of game because it's something different for Xbox. I've never been the type of person either who will like mash through conversations just to get to gameplay. Cause then I feel like I'm playing a game and I have no idea what's going on. And I hate exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I've never, I can't do it. I have to read it. I'll skip through it and not listen to the voice dialogue though. I'll read it, but I'm just like, go, 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 go. So I'm going to keep trying. I'll give it like another couple days. And if it if it doesn't change, I'll probably end up bouncing off of it. Yeah. Um, did you play Zelda 2 or not? I did play okay. Zelda as well. I just started it today, so I'm not very far in. Um, I barely remember it from playing it on the Wii. So very quick initial impressions for me. One, I forgot how weird Link looks in this game. He looks very weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it is it is a lot more traditional art style for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, two, holy cow! I forgot how much talking and obnoxiousness there is in the beginning of this game. Yep. Oh yep. boy. <laughs> um, but other than that, so far I like I don't hate it. I I don't I don't know if I've said on there before, but like I don't know that I've ever actually finished a Zelda game other than like on the Nintendo. And no. I guess Ocarina of Time I did, but I could see myself finishing this game, hopefully. But man, the beginning is just such a struggle. At least for me, it is. Yeah, I hope the quality of life ends up uh, being better for you mm -hmm. uh, in this game. Like I played all the way through Skyward Sword and I really liked it. The ending is one of the better endings, I think, for the Zelda franchise, which I enjoyed. Mm hmm. But we do run into a lot of the same problems despite it being upgraded. For example, the motion controls work a little bit better, but they're not perfect. So it can be frustrating to sometimes to the point where you just want to wiggle your remote randomly and hope that it hits the person. The normal controls end up uh, in a way like me personally, I played the original. I think they take away something okay. from the game rather than add it. You know, the whole point is that, you know, Link is mirroring you like he's, you know, you're the closest you've ever been to being Link. And in a way, you don't really get that with the the new touch controls that you can do to decide where the sword swings. That being said, you know, stuff like flying the loft wing is so much easier. And in this game, you are going to have to fly the loft wing to get further into the game and the joy, uh, like the joy con emotion controls are going to get annoying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess just like a friendly and a friendly help or helpful reminder to if, if you're doing one of these loft wing fights and you find yourself needing help or getting frustrated, just switch it to just switch it to regular controls. And I think you'd be a lot easier off. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see like how many people still use the motion controls and how many people just go straight to normal controls from the beginning and don't even bother. Like I need Nintendo to get that stat somehow. Because I feel like I'd be I'll probably be in the type to want to use a normal controller more than motion control. But I also know that motion control is way how it was meant to be played. So I'm kind of torn. Yeah, and hopefully they eventually release the uh, Amiibo kind of locked feature for everybody at some point, especially with the Amiibos coming out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm happy that they did this. The game does look a, a lot better than it did on the Wii, so I am happy with that. It's just a matter of, you know, we... This is this is Zelda's 35th anniversary, and we really aren't getting much yeah. right now for everything that you know this gaming franchise has done. And in a lot of ways, I feel like Zelda is even more popular than Mario over on you know, the United States side of the world here. So, you know, I hope the game sells well, but I also, you know, I'm kind of trying to savor this because I feel like Nintendo isn't going to be coming out with anything else. Yeah, it's crazy to think that, you know, if you would have told me when I was a kid playing on the regular Nintendo that Zelda would be more popular than a Mario game, I would think you were crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's where we are. Mario, I think, has still been good, but Zelda's just been that much better with their iterations. Yeah, and I also think we find ourselves with the legend, like the 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 Legend of Zelda games also appear to kind of more every fan base of gamer whereas mario has been really just known for platforming yeah and you know platforming is fun but you can get bored of it quite easily so i think that's why we find ourselves more uh ha- closely related memories with yeah. Zelda with legend of zelda than we do mario what else did you, did you play this week you got a so bunch. so for me i then started monster hunter wings of ruin 2 it is this kind of weird, uh, but it, it's endearing uh, mashup of RPG type elements with the Monster Hunter series where you you play as one character and you play in a party that's like a turn mobile. Uh, sorry, a, yeah, a turn style game where you make a move and then your ally makes a move, then the enemy attacks, so on and so forth. So it's a lot more like a traditional Final Fantasy Final Fantasy game in a lot of ways, especially more of the classic ones. Where this game exceeds is kind of the the abilities that you get to use by taming monsters. So a lot of the monsters that you end up killing in the vanilla game, in this one you can capture and have work with you. And I think in that kind of sense it's cool because you get to see moves that these monsters never do. But I think if and this probably just sounds very cliche. If if you're not already a Monster Hunter fan, you probably aren't trying this game out. Uh, there's a lot of callbacks and a lot of Monster Hunter lore and history to this game. I just find that the turn base is very, very uh, basic, and it doesn't require a lot of thinking. And on top of that, too, the combat, you know, it's turn-based, so it kind of gets boring in a way uh, after a little while. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that I just completely wrote off because I didn't get into Monster Hunter. So I was like, I don't think there's going to be anything there for me, probably. Um, But man, there is just a ton of RPGs right now. It's insane. It's like all RPGs all the time. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I'm overloaded because I also was playing uh, Chris Tales, which I just started as well. And that game for sure... um, I like it so far, but I don't know how to describe the art style. It's so different. It's like 2D uh, hand-drawn animation. Kind of reminds me almost of like a... I keep going back to like Powerpuff Girls animation style, kind of. Okay. Um, But it looks exceptionally well. It's a turn-based RPG, so old-school RPG. Um, Story's been interesting so far. I really like it. Um, am I going to stick with it? I hope so. I would like mm-hmm. to see it the whole way through. It's it's interesting me enough right off the bat, which is what I need. Um, I think the battle style is pretty simple. You have your attacks and your skills, and you can do, you know, if you hit the A button, 
when you attack, you'll you'll attack twice. So that's pretty basic there. But I think the real draw is just to how good it looks. Um, it's super smooth, runs super nice on the Series X here. I'm, I think it's on last gen as well, from what I can tell. But just a superly well-polished game that kind of came out of nowhere for me. I hadn't really heard of it until like a month or two ago. Yeah, I have heard of Chris Tales, but I don't know much about it. I'm glad you're having fun with it. You said it's available on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, yep. They put it up uh, yesterday as of when we recorded. Sounds so. like something I'll inevitably play. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> for sure. It's yeah, always, also- I like I was telling you, um, not on the podcast here, but like I when you go into Game Pass and they have all the games coming soon, I just go through and just pre-install every single one. And then I at least give it a shot because you might as well if you have Game Pass. Worst case scenario, you play it for 30 minutes and uninstall it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that's pretty much it for games for me this week and yourself. That's That was it. That was the last one. Yep. I had RPGs all the time. All right. We got tons of RPGs and we also have a couple movie slash TV shows to go over. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll probably start off with the biggest one, Loki. Yeah. Loki's kind of the biggest one to tackle right now. So... Uh, Loki is probably going to be the most diversive, like in my list here, mm-hmm. because I liked Loki, but I didn't think it was the greatest piece of content in the world. Like people have been saying, I like that it's going to be expanding the universe. Uh, I did have to do some research into who he who remains is <laughs> right. to kind of be excited for it, because, you know, it definitely plays a lot into people who know what's going on and know what they're trying to set up. I liked, again, I, I liked Loki, but if we're talking about the big three here of WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki, Loki finishes third for me. And it's not like a bad third. It's not, you know, something where I'd rank it 10th or something like that out of the three. But there are a lot of episodes where, yes, it's world building, and yes, they're not doing much, or there's not a lot of action. But I guess for me, my big dumb brain, you know, prefers the falcon and winter soldier type thing where every uh, uh, every episode there's some battle or choreography action scene going on mm-hmm. um yeah i really liked loki i think i would put it for me i think it's wandavision loki and then falcon and winter soldier but i like all three of them yeah but i think wandavision and falcon and winter soldier were like and also black widow those are like the three these are a fun time let's see what happens. And then Loki's over here where they're like, all right, this is the one that sets up where we're going with the movies for the next five or 10 years or whatever they're doing. Um, So yeah, it did definitely have its moments where it was a lot slower for me. I think the payoff was the highest out of the three because seeing, um, you know, ultimately setting up Kang coming back is like a big deal. So seeing that was like, all right, this got me really excited for, Doctor Strange movie coming out and and Spider-Man and Ant-Man and all that. Like, I'm super excited for all that because of Loki. So it's a different type of excitement than it is for WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I enjoyed it just as much. And now I'm looking at it like, all right, well, we have the What If series coming out, which that'll be pretty cool, I guess. But like, I'm just looking forward to Shang-Chi coming out in September and then Doctor Strange early next year. Like, I want all those now. Yeah, I think with Loki, especially the season finale here, you get really good like parts of the episode where I thought like the way uh, he who remains was explaining himself, his history and everything. And I thought the actor did a fantastic job, yeah. like especially when the camera starts zooming in and he goes, I don't know what's going to happen next. Like I've finally like reached the end of whatever, you know, timeline he knew was going to happen. So I'm I'm really excited for for Kang himself and hopefully becomes as memorable of a villain as Thanos had been for the of for the, pretty much the Avengers series and for all of you know phase 1 through 3 here. I will say that um the Sylvie kind of thing ended at the most predictable way. I really would have liked them to do something different with Sylvie and they've already announced she's not coming back for season 2. So it's just like, eh, I, I don't know how I really feel about what they did with Sylvie, because I feel like even for me, Sylvie was a more endearing character than Loki himself was. And don't get me wrong, like Tom Hiddleston killed it mm-hmm. as Loki and he did a fantastic job. But I just kind of liked Sylvie's character and I wanted to see more of it. But the fact that one, I know we're not going to get her and two, 
her kind of story ends in the most predictable way, just kind of end up leaving that sour taste in my mouth beside, you know, the whole setup for the next portion of the Marvel phases here. Yeah, Sylvie got sacrificed to set up the rest of the movies because she definitely deserved a better way to go out than that. But I think they're kind of like their hands were kind of tied because they have to get this Kang angle going so that all these other movies can go. And it's just the most predictable way to do it is to have her do that. And I definitely do think she deserved more than that for sure. She was a cool character. Um, They could have used her somewhere else if they really wanted to. And I think they probably should have, but I guess, I guess not. (laughs) I guess that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, and I will say on top of that, too, like, of course, we kind of know what happened on that planet when that timeline um, interference was kind of spiking at a large rate. Kang kind of alluded as to what, like, he was going to explain it and then never really did. Like, yes, we know Sylvie and Loki, they fell in love with each other, that kind of thing. But I was kind of hoping for a more, you know, thing where Kang, you know, Kang says, oh, you know, if you guys have been allowed to do that, you know, you would have had a kid. And then this would have happened and like some, something outrageous. Like I would have liked a bit more closure on that portion of things just because they were like, they did originally come out and be like, Oh, you know, the timeline is spiking at this crazy rate. We've never seen before. Yeah. So I thought it would have been cool for them to kind of even remotely hint as to what would have happened there. Had the TVA not gotten involved. Yeah, true. And I think they are like, they're doing another season of Loki, correct? And they already yeah, say they that. Are. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, Obviously, I think he, we're going to be seeing a lot more of Loki in the, some of the movies. I think he's going to start popping up again. Um, I think what I appreciate the most is the multiverse angle that they're going for means that literally anybody is available to come back, even though they died. Right. Like I think of like Black Widow. She's yeah. dead. But if they really want to and Scarlett Johansson is willing, like they could bring her back. Depending on, you know, if they think Black Widow was a success, maybe they look at it as like, well, we do need to bring her back. Obviously, I don't think like Chris Evans is I think he's pretty much done. But uh, there's just so many angles that I'm so excited for. This multiverse means it's easier than ever to get some X-Men in there. Like if you can if you can get Hugh Jackman on board, getting old man Logan in there somewhere would be great. Um, Deadpool. There's just so many options now, and that's what has me most excited is who I may get to see. I love the X-Men. It's one of my favorites. Um, Gambit is like my favorite X-Men of all time. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the ability to maybe see him down the line would be cool. So I'm just like super excited. Yeah, and hopefully hopefully we do get to see it. I know that I was reading a story that like the first mutant confirmed in like the MCU was the gentleman who could turn into a bear. Uh, in the Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy to see more X-Men and I'm hoping we get to see more of our beloved characters in that portion of things. Yeah. You know, I want Sophie Turner to succeed as Jean Grey. Yep. I would love to see more of, you know, Xavier, Magneto, uh, the Beast and that kind of thing. Uh, just to see what they end up doing with X-Men now that kind of they can build this whole thing out from scratch. Yep. In a they, lot of ways. The literally can go any direction they want now. They have no restrictions. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely recommend Loki. While it's not anything that's going to be groundbreaking from my end of view, I still think it was entertaining. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else? I just got done binging B stars uh, all <laughs> okay. in one day. Wow. Uh, it was, yeah. No, it's so it's fresh on my mind. So I'll talk about it. Okay. Beastars is a Netflix original kind of anime series that uh, is also like CGI animated. I just binged all 12 episodes. Don't ask me how I did it. I really don't know. <laughs> Are they long or short episodes? They're 23 minutes. Okay. 23 minutes an episode. So you definitely can like binge it all in one day. I kind of wouldn't suggest it though. But <laughs> regardless, uh, the second season is very good. I really enjoyed what this season did and it's kind of the this is trying to find the killer from season one so it kind of brings up of uh, past things and you kind of get to follow these two character storylines and how they mesh together in a way and i really like the whole aspect of this anime and kind of how we have 
carnivores and herbivores where they're at co-ed school together they still have their instincts you know carnivores smell fresh meat they go crazy and want to eat it where herbivores have to be you know scared for their lives of being constantly being eaten by their classmates while in theory that's probably not the best school practice (laughs) uh it makes for a killer show and the character moments that we get i think are really good i was definitely i was definitely you know paying attention to the story considering i just binged all of those episodes all at once but uh b stars is also i will say it's like an it's it's a more adult anime uh for sure so if you're if you're not really into you know animals and animal nudity i know it's we- it's a weird thing to say are you saying there- you're a furry no no i'm not <laughs> uh but i just want people to know that like this this series kind of just kind of goes right into it like it it doesn't make a big deal about it but i can see where people go oh this is kind of weird you know they're they're animals but also uh the the animals have human like features like you know uh, a butt and tits so it's i don't know it's it's weird but the dia uh, the dynamic of all the characters i think really groups up well together and i think in the end the story kind of takes this turn where you're kind of building up to this one moment and then there's this other moment that you go oh like that was like really cool so uh b stars is pretty awesome i definitely enjoyed it and while i hate netflix jail i was i'm glad i was able to binge it even though you know i do prefer to watch things weekly because you know i don't end up watching on the couch for four hours all at once yeah exactly i did see like the trailer because it popped up on Netflix of like, you know, what's most popular. And yeah. I, I won't lie. My first reaction is what is what is this? What am I watching? But after that initial shock, um, I was like, man, I don't know that I'm interested in this, but the animation is crazy. Like yeah. it looked really cool. So, I mean, hats off to them. However, they did that. I think they said that, um, you know, I was talking to Rachel, who's been on the podcast, and she said that they did like film the scenes with actors and then did the animation over top of it, apparently. So that's, it's pretty cool. Like it gives it that more realistic look, I think. Um, Yeah. 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 I was going to say just the series overall. um, CGI can look a little bit wonky at times, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not the greatest thing, but this studio does a good job of incorporating 2d backgrounds and 3d characters and sometimes making them 2d and sometimes making it all, you know, uh, CGI. So, Okay. It's it, as long as you can get past kind of the initial jank that this anime can look sometimes, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of fun because the story is that good. This isn't one like uh, where you guys are going to be dragging me down the anime hole again, are you? No, I don't <laughs> think I, I don't think I could even drag you down this one, okay. if I'm being okay. honest. That's fair. I, I might just have to leave it alone then. <laughs> uh, did you watch Space Jam? I have not yet. No. OK, well, I will do. Spoiler free Space Jam, then are you going to watch it? I'm assuming. Yeah, I I have plans to watch Black Widow and Space Jam. OK, this week. So next right. week you'll next week can go all in on those movies. OK, so initial like without getting too into it, Space Jam is one of my favorite movies as a kid. I love basketball. I love Michael Jordan. And yeah, it was just such a good mix. So I initially had high expectations when I first heard they were doing this. And then when the trailers came out, my expectations uh, fell into the gutter because of how bad the trailers were. Um, I will say that it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. But it is not great. Um, All right. You have to keep in mind. And I had to keep reminding myself that this is a movie made for kids, not for me. You know, a a dude in my thirties who loved the original space jam. Um, I think that, the premise is a little weird. It's a little wonky. Uh, you know, it's based around, obviously they're playing a basketball game to save his son, but it's a basketball game and a video game. So it's something that was, I don't know that the people wrote it, know what a basketball game is and what a video game is. <laughs> um, just because mm-hmm. of the way they score in this makes no sense. Um, okay. It just, it just wasn't really thought out, but the movie itself is not like, oh my God, I can't watch this anymore. Like I had my moments where I chuckled. LeBron James is a terrible actor. Um, Michael Jordan was a bad actor, but LeBron is worse. Uh, so that makes it a little bit harder to get through. Okay. It was, it was bugging me a little bit that 
the original Bugs Bunny actor. I think he he passed away. So it's somebody else. So that is a little jarring at first, but you get used to it. Um, It does kind of play out as like a movie that's Warner Brothers showing off every property that they own. Like they go yeah. out of their way to be like, hey, look at this. Look at this. There's Harry Potter. There's Pennywise from it. There's the Matrix. There's Game of Thrones. Like they just throw it all in your face. Um, and if you're going to do that, that's fine. But like maybe use it a little bit more to your advantage. Like you can have the Looney Tunes characters, but maybe bring in some other ones to play basketball at some point. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's a movie you'll regret watching. I just don't think it's one that you need to see in theaters. So it being on HBO is probably perfect. So I'll give it like a mediocre watch it on HBO. Don't pay for it. <laughs> cool. I look forward to seeing what else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to watching that movie in general. Yeah. You know, I, I was a big fan of the original Space Jam itself. And I don't mind LeBron, so mm-hmm. I guess we'll see how that ends up going. I'm hoping his acting isn't as bad as you mentioned, but who <laughs> it's knows? It's pretty it bad. Might, yeah, it might just be. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. But other than that, that's all I ended up watching. And yourself, that was about it as well? Uh, I watched the second Fear Street movie, which is Fear okay. Street 1978. The last one did come out on Friday. I did not get a chance to watch to it. I'll watch it yet. But second one's not as good as the first one, but it's still entertaining. I enjoyed it uh for a horror movie it's got its comedy super gory like all the other ones i'm excited to see where it goes with the ending and you know the director did say that they wanted to make this like a like a marvel type universe where we get not just these three movies in a trilogy but different trilogies and different things that all tie back together so i'm cool with that like a horror movie universe could be pretty cool i could be down with that so so far, so good. We'll see how it wraps up in this third movie, and I can give my final, final impression. But so far, it's been really, really entertaining. Cool. Perfect. That's good to hear. I yep. I need to catch up on some of the Netflix original stuff. I've been out for so long and of watching stuff that it feels like I'm so far behind in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully next week, I'll continue to rebound and continue to watch more as I as I continue to catch up on all the media I've lost. Yeah, you got a lot of games and a lot of movies, so busy, busy. Yep, and I hope you guys will look forward to that next week. This is where we're going to end the podcast. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate everybody who's been supporting the podcast, has been sharing it with friends or commenting on our Facebook or Twitter or Instagram posts or liking them. You know, we see that stuff. It's really appreciated Mm -hmm. that you guys do that, so thanks. Uh, With that, you know, if you're interested in doing more or like getting more involved with our community, you know, listening to the podcast is a great way. I will be Twitch streaming again. I am in the process of moving or kind of finish the moving portion of things. So I'm trying to, trying to get there, trying to finish the mess that (laughs) I got to get the setup back. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. I really hope I can stream by the end of this week. Uh, We'll see how far I get just because the past couple of days have been pretty exhausting. Yeah. We also have the, as mentioned, the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages where you guys are more than welcome to comment or like and stuff on that stuff, and we see it, so we would answer back. We also have a website, highsensitivitygaming.com, which I do want to announce that it is going to be a bit more retooled uh, for more blog-type purposes instead of this overarching uh, website. I was a little bit overambitious during my <laughs> uh, during my injury last year, so I... You know, that site has been ignored. We haven't gotten to write as much, so I want to be able to kind of tone down expectations for it. And we will still write, and I will still write on there, but just don't expect anything crazy. Is what yeah, I, say. I think that's fair. <laughs> so with that, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you guys next time. See you later.